Hey, do you teach yoga? Have you ever trained to lead yoga classes to be a yoga therapist? Have you ever owned a yoga studio? Maybe even just wondered what it was like for the women and men up there in front of the room on their mats, leading you through endless Surya Namaskars, down dogs, and pranayamas galore? Well, these are their stories and mine. I'm Rebecca Sebastian, a 20-year yoga teacher, 10-year yoga therapist, yoga studio owner, and co-founder of a yoga-focused nonprofit. I've done a lot in the yoga world over the last 20 years, pretty much everything except had a water cooler. You know, a place to share stories, talk about struggles, successes, and find other people who do the same thing that I do. Welcome to Working in Yoga, a podcast and substitute water cooler for yoga folks to connect and build community, to share our unique profession, our challenges, and our journeys with the world. Hey friends, welcome to Working in Yoga. So I want to tell you something. In my job, I get to meet the coolest people running a yoga studio, doing a yoga-focused podcast, focusing on a yoga nonprofit, and also traveling around to different conferences and meeting other yoga people. Sometimes you just meet that person, you know, and you just know they have a story that you want to hear. I felt that way right away with Stephanie Singleton. So Stephanie is my guest today, and she and I met at Sitar, the International Association of Yoga Therapists annual conference for yoga therapists this summer that was held in Chicago. And I have to tell you, listening to Stephanie's story reminds me of something that I want to remind you and myself about. And it's that so many of us have come to the yoga space because we were stressed out. I don't know about you, but 2020 two has been a crazy stressful year for me. And I want to remind you that if you're out there listening to this and you haven't done something for yourself in a little bit besides your yoga practice, go do something. Now yoga practice counts, of course, but I'll never forget this one time about, gosh, 12 years ago, I was sitting in a room in a yoga class and the teacher said, well, what do you do for yourself? And I was a new mom. I had not even a two-year-old at the time. And I was with some of my other friends who also had children who were really, really young. And we all said, yoga? Do something else if that's for you. Nothing against yoga, but make sure you are using all of your skills to fill your cup this holiday season. I also want to mention that I've got a virtual retreat planned for the end of January in my virtual yoga studio, Sunlight Streams. And Stephanie and I talk about one thing that I really want to talk more about on this podcast, and that is how we can help corporate culture with yoga practice. Stephanie does work for corporate wellness, and if you're interested, make sure that you listen to the whole thing to get her great advice about corporate wellness programs. Okay, without further ado, 
Here is my interview with Stephanie Singleton. Welcome friends to working in yoga. Okay. So Stephanie Singleton is my guest this week. And we were just talking so much that I had to hit record in the middle of our conversation because I didn't want you all to miss a minute. Now, Stephanie is a yoga therapist and a yoga teacher on the West coast. And I'm going to have her introduce herself and tell all y'all all the cool stuff that she does. So welcome, Stephanie. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Rebecca. This is awesome. I love, love, love talking to people about what we do as yoga therapists. Um, I am the motivator in chief at Prana Wellness, and we provide wellness in the workplace programs for companies. And I also practice that clinical yoga therapy. My focus is on anxiety and chronic pain. So I want to educate the world on what yoga therapy is. I have kind of a quirky background, which we can get to. I, spent seven years as a CNN producer. So that was um, how I kind of segued into the world of wellness. That's really interesting because a lot of folks think that yoga teachers or yoga professionals, we all came from like some other movement background, like dance or group fitness. How did you even get started in yoga having spent most of your career up until that point? Like in television, in news. Right. So I actually started practicing yoga as a student in 2010 after I graduated college. Um, I broke up with my college love at the time and I was, you know, kind of finding my way in the world. I was between a, a Fulbright program that I attended in Madrid and bartending school <laughs> of all the things. And I was like, juggling with yoga I was I was kind of wrestling with it because I come from a very physical background a very athletic background I ran in the junior olympics I ran track for seven years and so in my mind yoga wasn't physical enough for me and I wanted to sweat and be powerful and do all the things that people assume that yoga is not and a close friend of mine my best friend at the time she was like come to a yoga class with me and I resisted for a while and I finally went and she took me to a hot power two class for my first class. <laughs> so she's like, you want power, I'm gonna give you power and I nearly passed out. <laughs> so after that I was like, okay, I can do this. You know, obviously not every class is a hot power two but I was hooked after that. And for the first six years of my yoga practice I did about 90% hot yoga. <laughs> because I was hooked. So it took me a while to slow it down and start exploring other modalities of yoga. Um, and I, I continued to do it. I was an avid, avid student. I would go to six different studios in a week. I was on class fast gang and I would just move around and do all the different classes. So became a little bit obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> so then what inspired you to become a teacher? So I thought that I wanted to be a teacher only for my personal expansion and knowledge. I just loved yoga so much that I wanted to learn more about it. So I said that I was going to get certified in yoga just for myself. That was my idea at first. So I started thinking about it around 2017-ish, 2016, 2017. And I was working at CNN at the time. There, I lived a very chaotic, stressful newsroom life, always on deadline, always breaking news and rushing everywhere. I lived a very fast paced life. 
And that started to catch up to me. I started to feel it physically in my body. I had anxiety. Um, I, I actually had a panic attack at work. And that's kind of what led me into my career because I experienced burnout in the workplace. Um, I had, I thought I was having a stroke or a heart attack at 30. I was 29, 30 at the time. And I didn't know what was happening because I had never had a panic attack before. And I drove myself to urgent care while I was having a panic attack, not knowing what to do. My blood pressure was like 155. And they were like, you need to go because <laughs> I just went and got my blood pressure checked. And they were like, you need to go to a hospital. So I checked myself in. They did all the tests, EKG, all the things. They said, you're one of the healthiest people we've ever seen, but you're stressed out. It's like, oh, go figure. <laughs> so that led me to think a little harder about my passion for wellness. And I think that everyone else knew that I was going to be an entrepreneur before I knew. My friends, because I started to host while I was still at CNN, I started to host boot camp classes and just yoga classes, but for fun, you know, every other weekend and host my friends. And they were like, so when are you opening a fitness business? When are you going to start to do this? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> but it started as me wanting an outlet. And so after the panic attack, I took it more seriously. I started researching. I did a yoga retreat in Costa Rica. It was a black women's yoga retreat in Costa Rica. And one of the instructors there told me that she wanted to study in Rishikesh, India at a very specific yoga studio, Shiva Yoga Peeth and Ashram there. And I looked it up and I became fixated on it. And I was really intentional about going to India to study, especially for my first training, because I wanted to really get the traditional practice of yoga and have an understanding of where it came from and the foundation. I was very adamant about that. And so I did. I asked my boss for uh, six weeks of personal leave and he said no. So I said, peace out. <laughs> and that's when I left. And I thought that I still at the time, though, thought that I was going to India for myself only and to not create a business. My idea was I'll go and have my eat, pray, love moment. And when I come back, I'll find a job. <laughs> I said, I'll, I'll send out my resume before I go to India. I wanted to work at big production studios, Netflix, Paramount, Universal, all of those had connections there. I was very confident. And then I get to India two weeks in, I was like, I'm never going back to the workplace. <laughs> And I just, I had literally an epiphany under a waterfall in, in India. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> a cliche epiphany. That is like the sexiest story of epiphanies <laughs> ever. <laughs> it's, like, I tell but, people and they're like, really? That's what happened? I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what happened. It's just like a, it's like a, a book, like a, a movie. One day maybe I'll make it into a movie. <laughs> And, and you would be the one to do it. You've got the yeah. skills for it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So then so, how did you shift to yoga therapy after that? So I became interested in yoga therapy. Well, I didn't know what it was called. I became interested in the human body when I was studying in India um, because my practice there was focused a lot on anatomy, a lot of 200 programs. Um, you know, we all have some sort of anatomy understanding, but this particular program that I did there focused a lot on it. And while it was hard, it was very interesting to the student in me. And I've always been sort of a nerd. And then I turned into a yoga nerd. 
And the whole time in anatomy class, I was just kind of fascinated about how the body heals itself, um, how the body can prevent injuries, how the body moves and functions and is mobile. And I just became fascinated with it. So I really enjoyed anatomy as I was studying and I wanted to dig deeper. And when I got back to LA after uh, six weeks in Rishikesh, I, well, a friend of mine in LA suggested LMU and she was like, they have a yoga master's program and a yoga therapy program I think you would like. And I said, really? I didn't know that yoga therapy was even a, a certificate that you could get a certification. I had no idea. And then I saw Larry, Larry Payne was there and I researched him and it was just, it was meant to be, it was specifically fit for me, it seemed. Um, so I was all in at the time. I went to one informational meeting and I said, this is exactly what I want to do. When I came back from India, threw away all my resumes and I decided that I would start my own wellness business. So the yoga therapy came later. Um, I began my business when I got back from Rishikesh and I started to focus on corporate wellness because that's what I needed when I was at CNN and I was stressed out and completely burnt out. I wanted an outlet. So I wanted to provide that for other people, wellness in the workplace programs that companies could use to help their employees feel less stressed, right? So that's what I did. And through, you know, building my business, all the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur and living a crazy life, <laughs> um, I just delved deeper into my, my understanding of the body. And I started to want to work more one-on-one -on -one with people because I would get people in my corporate classes say, oh, I've had this chronic back pain for 10 years. And I'm like, 10 years, that's like a long time. That's a decade. How do you have a whole pain, you know, one pain for 10 years? And it was just really um, eye-opening to see all the issues that people just deal with because they think, you know, it's this is how you get old or this is this is what's supposed to happen to your body. And that's just not true. You know, the best prevention is the best. What is it? <laughs> prevention is better than the cure. Yeah. Um, so I started to really tap into that and how I can help people heal these ailments that they've suffered with, you know, for a good part of their lives in a more natural, holistic way. You know, just using your own body. It's so powerful. I love all of that. I mean, so smart that you came back from Rishikesh, Rishikesh and immediately went into the corporate wellness space because that's what you needed. Mm -hmm. Like, honestly, I want to start like a side business of you teaching other yoga teachers how to do that. So that's like, actually, I do that. <laughs> just I, do that. <laughs> I do. I just had, so I do offer coaching for it. And it's actually, to be honest with you, at first, I was a little shy about doing that. Um, and I've had clients come to me specifically for that before I even started offering it as a service. And I was apprehensive and a little shy about it because I didn't think of myself as a business coach at first. I thought of myself as a yoga instructor who has a business, period, yeah. right? And so it was yeah. a little bit of like mind shift that I had to do for myself because I'm like, I, I did this. I literally did it. And so why shouldn't I be teaching others? And, you know, obviously I think in a yoga mindset. So I come from a mindset of abundance rather than lack. And I'm like, I don't see it as, you know, there's millions of businesses. I don't see it as 
Prana Wellness needs all the corporate wellness in the world, you know, for us, why can't I teach other people to do this? To, and even if it's not corporate wellness, teach other yogis how to build their business because it's something that I that I did and I had made a lot of mistakes, <laughs> plenty of mistakes. I could teach a whole workshop on just the mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> we could probably do like a whole day, like here's all the stuff we yeah. messed up. In our Don't business. do these things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's true. So, I mean, you've done, and it seems like your mindset is really important. And this is something I want to talk about all the time because we do invest our time, our effort, our monetary resources into our training. Mm -hmm. And then people come out and don't think that they're running their own businesses. And, and I want us to like shift that a little bit. I want us to tell ourselves, A, it is okay to make money, to make a thriving wage, not just Mm -hmm. like I can barely pay my bills, but I'm doing it wage. Mm -hmm. And that we're, it's okay to be both passionate about yoga and have that be our business. Correct. Yeah. I think that there's a really delicate balance, I will say, between um, the yoga business and yoga instruction. So yoga is a business and it should be. There are lots of people who think that we shouldn't charge at all for yoga because philosophy and all these things, all these reasons. But at the end of the day, we're equipping people with valuable tools, right? And so it's like you wouldn't ask your doctor to have a free appointment. You wouldn't ask your mental health therapist for a free appointment because they're equipping you with valuable tools as well. Um, So it's like the same thing. And I think it starts with empowering the instructors, when you get a 200 hour training, I mean, yes, it's the basic training, but you're, you're getting a lot of knowledge and you paid for that knowledge. So you should be paid for your work. And it's, it's also a challenge to work with the human body. So doctors work with the human body, massage therapists, chiropractors, right? And they all get paid. The human body is not something that you can just send anyone to go do, you know? I I actually, before I got certified, I was asked to teach classes because they knew that I, I was about to get certified and that I practiced a lot of yoga. And I was so apprehensive because I'm like, this is someone's body, you know, I, I, I want to be careful. I want to learn and understand before I'm messing with people's bodies. So you have a skill when you're a yoga instructor and we have to demonstrate our value when we present it as a business. But also I think we have to take ourselves seriously. You know, it's not just a hobby. It's not just a passion. When I left CNN, people were like, you're leaving CNN to be a yoga instructor because it's such a huge company. And I was like, "Mm -hmm. yes, (laughs) because they just couldn't fathom why I would leave, you know, all the glitter and gold to just teach yoga. And it was always a just, you're just going to be a yoga instructor. Like what else are you going to do? And on one hand, I took offense to it, but on the other hand, it's like, I'll show you. (laughs) I think I'm even still guilty of that sometimes, like this idea that we don't have a real job, like, and I'm using mm-hmm. air quotes, like a real job. Yeah. And like this, this is my job. This is what I do yeah. 40 hours a week. I mean, and, and now that I have like a physical brick and mortar space, people are like, oh, well, I guess this is her job now. And I'm like, yeah, but for 17 <laughs> years, I didn't have rent. Like it was easier then because I didn't have rent to cover. Yeah, yeah. But it was my business. It's how I like was a single mom for a while and I fed my son that way and you know yeah. paid my rent that way like this is our profession and it's yeah. okay 
okay to call it that and mm -hmm. also be honoring the tradition of yoga like it gets complicated and i understand why people feel weird about it yeah like how did you make that mindset shift like um i think that everyone has the right to live a good life <laughs> so it's like ahimsa right nonviolence. part of practicing nonviolence is taking care of yourself and being able to live and thrive not just live and get by like live and thrive that's part of ahimsa to me and so if i want to have a two hundred thousand dollar a year yoga business i should be able to have that with without qualm either because if I'm providing this value and people see it as valuable and what choose to pay me for it, then why not? But there are, there's a balance as well. I think our Dharma as yoga instructors is to like spread that to the masses, right? Spread, spread that have some sort of social impact. So I think most yoga instructors that I know do some sort of social good, social impact. And that's a big part of my practice too. I work a lot with the military community. Um, I volunteer every week for a veterans trauma-informed class. And so that is my social good give back. So I don't, you know, feel that I need to not charge for my business and not um, get what I'm worth, frankly, because, yeah. because we are worth it and we have the training, like you said. So why not? And I think that a lot of instructors sometimes stumble at the business part because they want to just teach and they don't see yoga as viable or they don't see yoga as sustainable, you know, because there's events and retreats and there's so many different ways, so many that you can make money doing yoga without charging $5 or donation based every time or, you know, um, I think there's, a time and a place <laughs> yeah i mean you're doing like so stephanie and i actually met at sitar this year the international mm -hmm. association of yoga therapists conference and like you're doing exactly it like we were talking about this percentage model of you're getting paid a certain amount of your time and then you're able to give back in a way that feels nourishing and nurturing to you like yeah i want us all to do that and like to to have value in the work that we're doing because even if you're uncomfortable with your money mindset or you haven't worked your money stuff out yet like we have to do that to get better as a whole like as an industry like i mean i look at where i am now i'm a yoga therapist and for 11 years i was the only one now there's somebody who's training in my area to be a yoga therapist and yeah. i went well i need to raise my prices so that they can slide in making a living wage right so that my yeah. 11 years of experience means my prices have to go up so that they can come in and make money like it's not just about me it's about yeah. all of us yeah yeah and i think paving that way is important and showing people that yes you can make a living wage you know doing what you love and someone said that to me before i really was into wellness and fitness in general as a passion. And I always, I always just had it as a hobby, as something I like to do. And a friend of mine kind of noticed that before I did and said, when are you going to start your business? And I was like, huh, what do you mean? <laughs> um, I didn't see it because I said, you know, it's just so fun for me. It's just so something so cool. I would just, I would do it for free every day, but they say, do the thing for work that you would do for free every day. 
So yes, I would teach yoga for free every day because I love it that much. Should I teach it for free every day? No, <laughs> but I, it's something I would do. I genuinely, I love what I do. And a lot of people can't say that. So I think that we're really blessed to be able to say that because yes, I still, I practice yoga every day with my eyes closed without question. If all my friends, they come over and they know, oh, do you want to go to yoga? I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> That's, they know if you're hanging out with Stephanie, you're going to do some yoga or something active. So I think it's about, balance and just really understanding your worth and you mentioned something too about money mindset and I actually that was a big challenge of mine when I started off as an entrepreneur because I have not in the past been the best at financial management (laughs) and it was something that I had to mentally get over mindset wise and so as a business owner I had to kind of take a new mindset and then when it came time to charge my worth and start practicing yoga therapy, I really, really had to change my mindset because I was almost timid to even say my price or to write a proposal with X number of dollars and like, oh my goodness, what are they going to say? Oh my goodness, you know, what if they don't pay or what if they don't want to? It's too much, but we really have to get out of our heads and just decide what our value is going to be and and be confident about it so one of my old coaches used to say say that number out loud as many times as you can a day so you're that comfortable with it it's like training a dog right I'm training a puppy right now so you have to use repetition right so I would just walk around literally all day and in the mirror saying 5k 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 you know just a number that say it's a proposal or a contract or something 5k 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 so that it's in your mind that this is comfortable for you because if you get to the table and you're like excuse me I want to charge 5k (laughs) it might be 5k is that okay with you like no if no one's gonna believe you no one's gonna believe that you believe in yourself, you know, you have to be believable, you have to show up at the table confident. And that took a lot of stretching, because also, I'm a pretty confident person, and I've always been pretty outspoken. But that area, I wasn't. And so it was like, wait, why am I struggling with this? Because I'm, I'm confident, I'm doing this, whatever. But that was, it was a, a barrier for me for a second. But charging what we're worth. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm a big advocate of like, whenever I talk to people about money, I always say double your prices, like always. And, And partially because I see the response that phrase elicits from people, like the look of terror in their eyes when they're like, but who would you have to be? And what would you have to do to double your prices? You know, like me and I, what, what would I have to be to charge $250 an hour, right? Versus 125 that I charge now. Mm -hmm. And like, honestly, not that much different. And, and part of it is just that, that mindset that we are only worth this amount of money, this, you know, and we can't charge any more than like, you know, your local massage therapist charges or whatever else, even though we've gone through so much more training, oftentimes, right. especially for yoga therapists, right. um, to be able to charge that. Like, what if you just charged a price that scared you? I used to be the person who would mentally do the gymnastics in my head of like, oh, but I know they can't afford it. So I'll just yeah. say less, you know, yeah. or I like them and I want to be nice. And, oh, it's no big deal. I, I only need this amount of money. Like, all that stuff. Yeah. 
so it's interesting because we have all these conversations about, you know, you know, social justice and capitalism and all these other things. And I'm like, are you anti-capitalist or have you not done your, your, your stuff around money? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's true. It's so much about getting comfortable with money and changing your relationship with money and confidence, really confidence is a big thing about it. You know, what helped me too, was when I did say those numbers to clients or when I did write proposals with those numbers and send them off and they would reply with, send me the invoice. And I was like, yeah, word, like really? <laughs> so then I was like, okay, let's see where else this goes. And it's not like I went from one to 10 in a second, but you know, it's like, it gives you the confidence boost and the assurance that yes, there's money for this. Um, there is a need for this and a, you know, supply and demand. So yeah. that it made you, it made me more comfortable and made me just more confident about offering um, the services that I offer and getting paid for it. Yes. Okay. So before we go, I want you to tell everybody where to find your stuff so that you can all contact Stephanie to learn how to do corporate yoga like tomorrow. Cause there's yes. a lot of money for us <laughs> in the corporate community. Yes. So where do they find you? I'm at pranawellnessworks.com and at pranawellnessworks on Instagram. Those are the best places to find me. Post a lot of content on Instagram. I'm trying to do better at LinkedIn. <laughs> Stephanie Singleton on LinkedIn. Awesome. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for coming on the podcast. Like, I'm really yes. thrilled to be having this conversation. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. This was really great. I love what you do, Rebecca. Oh, thank you. thank you so much for being on the podcast, Stephanie. As always, make sure you go check out her well website, pranawellnessworks.com. There are links in our show notes as usual and go follow her on Instagram. Up next week is my first of a series of interviews with people who got the IIYT's SEVA award this year. So people who are working in the yoga nonprofit space and I'm going to introduce you to the super cool projects that they're doing. So next week, you won't want to miss. See you then.